Welcome to Africa on Focus, where we share our success stories. Africa, the continent, the young diaspora, entrepreneurs, influencers, change makers, and so much more. I'm Miss Abba, and this is Africa on Focus, the podcast. Durable change, development, and so forth. So uh, without further ado, let me make sure that um, I uh, invite my special guest uh, here. And I'm really honored to talk to him. Shout out to Eben for, uh, for making that happen. Uh, he is a comedy icon and transcultural and global African who is known for flipping his inspirational story as a British Congolese to the funniest. A true self-starter because he uh, started out hosting stand-up comedy shows during his university days and flipping it into his career as to date. He has graced stages all over the world, both on the African continent and outside, fully entertaining the world. And uh, can we Africans even be more proud? With his influence, he is supporting Pan-African movement for young people and, and entertainers alike, such as Pan-AfroLink. Uh, and uh, now with the hashtag in for Africa, he's on an important mission to unite us Africans for the care of our people on the continent. What it's all about, well, we're going to find out with our special guest, and that is uh, Eddie Kadi. Hello. 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 Hello, 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 hello. How are Can you, you see me clearly? Am I good? Yes, absolutely. You you have okay. your, your gadget on uh, the perfect position. Yeah, these days we call <laughs> the right gadgets. We have to get the right lighting. Life has changed. You can't just communicate. <laughs> You know, it, you have everything has to be a TV production. <laughs> I know, right? It's so serious. Like even myself, I have this round lightning here in my corner. Yeah, yeah. You know, I see. It's, it's, it, it, that's why you're glowing. It's important. It's important. I know. <laughs> I know. That that's that's what is needed. Well, thank you so much, uh, Eddie, for uh, uh, making some time to even even tune in with us. And, my pleasure. Um, my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Happy belated birthday. Thank you very much. I'm still enjoying my birthday for the whole month. I think this time, oh, I'm not counting the, I'm not counting the age. I will be the same age. We'll wait till next year. This right. year, it, it, yeah, it, yeah, it doesn't make sense. So we, it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. we are frozen. It so yeah, it doesn't. So we just thank God for the breath of life, but we're not adding the year. This is next year will be 2020. <laughs> exactly right. It pa- it paused our lives. So you know what? We're just gonna pause that age uh, gap. Exactly. It brought this year. That's the spirit. Exactly. <laughs> and how has how has lockdown been treating you? I just I just want to know, like, is it major? Um, you know what? It's 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 more like how have I been treating lockdown? Because you know, right. if you let lockdown treat you, then man, you've lost your you you, you <laughs> lost before the battle even begins, right? So you've got to treat the lockdown. And I think the first two weeks, lockdown definitely treated me, and it treated uh-huh. me. A bit. <laughs> <laughs> it treated me like that boy he hates from school. It treated me like his ex. <laughs> treated me like you know former employer. All the, all the bad things, right? And then I, and, I, and I had all the excuses to feel down and complain. But the fact that there's you know as as a performer, I don't get to get on the plane and travel across the continent around the world and all that stuff. Then I actually realized that maybe for COVID, for some of us, maybe it's here to save me. Maybe it's here to allow me to slow down and think about the things I wouldn't normally think about and do the things I wouldn't normally get a chance to. And that's when I stopped complaining. I realized I was, I was in a really privileged position and started, you know, I started jogging. So I started getting more and more fit because I find myself panting halfway through any show, you know, you oh, know, no. African dancers. When, when you're hosting a show with African dancers, you're, you're, you're risking your life. So I started... <laughs> 
I started to exercise a lot more, but then I started to think about the people back home and found myself as part of a, an organization five weeks later that's really trying to, um, you know, move mountains, really. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. And that's that's a perfect example of treating the lockdown instead of letting it oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Flip, flip Make a full it. use of it. Absolutely. So uh, before we get things started, because, you know, I I, I announce you, I, I know you, like I'm excited uh, about you as being with here with us here. Uh, but on top of every, everything, I would really like to know, like, if any any person who hasn't heard of Eddie Kadi uh, before, yeah. how would you best describe who is Eddie? Who is Eddie? That's a good question. So, so I, I call myself an entertainment merchant. Because I don't just do one thing in entertainment. I'm a, I'm a host. I'm a stand-up comedian, um, yeah. you know, as well as a, a event curator and stuff. But I'm, number one, I'm a proud African, uh, a proud Congolese. I was born in the DRC, moved to the UK at the age of, of uh, eight, nine. Uh, couldn't speak a word of English. Went through the normal. When you're young, you can uh, acquire languages quite quickly. So um, with English, I've grown up in this country most of my life. And of course, um, graduated from Kingston University in the early 2000s. And then stand-up just took over. And uh, from then on, you know, it's been at the forefront of shaping the person I am. But, you know, it's really it's really the, the vehicle to to where I'm trying to be, which is yeah. just kind of be one of the, the, the very many voices that believes that Africa needs to get its fair share. And I think most of us have been given the gift of life but our purpose is what we apply that gift to. So for me right now, as much as I'm proud of my, my stand-up background and performing in all, all around the world and, and you know, presenting some major shows around the world and, and aligning myself with a lot of top brands, what I'm more proud of is the fact that I'm able to use that as a vehicle to actually break down stereotypes of what, of what people deem Africa to be. Yeah, yeah. And was this, because one thing I'm curious to know, was it always, were you always on a mission to do this for Africa? Because I know a lot of entertainers that we have on board, you know, they had their period of being focused on the States, especially as it relates to entertainment, media, you know, yeah. um, this wave of going back to Africa is quite new, let's say yeah. 10 plus years strong. Um, yeah. how, how did this evolve or did it evolve or did you just get it right from the get go? Well, for me, um, going back to the continent, it goes back to, we're looking at about 2006 was the first uh, time I went back to the continent. It was actually my work that took me back. So since leaving Congo in 1992, it was actually 2006 that I went back. And, and of course, after that, I started going more regularly. But it was actually Nigeria, the first place I went back. And then I didn't go to Congo till 2010, then Ghana and so forth. So for me... Mm -hmm. The reason why I'm breaking that down to you because it was my job, it was my performance, it was my appearance, how I came across that took me back to, to the continent. Someone had spotted me on stage and they believed I was Nigerian, right? Because of the storytelling. And, and, I, and I think, you know, if you grow up in the UK, the two prominent countries that represent Africa in this country is the majority is Ghana or Nigeria. So during those times when you're really, you know, putting on the African accent, the Nigerian accent was the one that you really put in front for everybody to understand that you're African. Do you understand? Yeah. So it was that. And then and then you kind of just started to diversify because I'm a Francophone, you know, with, with the Congolese accent is not so, you know, it's not so forthcoming as stuff. So, so for me, for a very long time, from even when I landed in the UK, I just didn't see anything wrong with talking 
about my country or, or speaking in my language or eating the food that I did. And I, I didn't see it. I was very oblivious to what was holding everybody back. So that was quickly applied to the things that I would go on and do in my career. You know, like from 2002, uh, my university, Kingston, we put together a showcase and I hosted the entire showcase, putting on my friend's Nigerian uncle's accent. That was just a thing. And people yeah. loved it so much. It continued. I loved dancing to Congolese music. For those that know about Congolese music, you know, that's, that's the, and just in general, it played a big part um, to, to the mm. African entertainment and African music prior to this new sort of birth of the Afro new Afrobeats generation, right? So yeah. we're talking about Kofi Olomide, Awilo Longomba, Kandabongo, my Papa Wemba. These are, these are big names. You know, where I saw everybody. So, so I was, this was a part of me. I felt, I felt that uniqueness. This is what I had to offer to the world. Like for me, it was like I could dance, I could speak my language. I had certain mannerism, certain stories from back home. So I never, I think subconsciously, I was never afraid. I didn't see any reason, but then I, I needed to understand my gift and then use that to now find my purpose. So my purpose became the conscious part that, okay, this is naturally me, but what does it all mean? Actually, this is what it means. It means being able to bridge the gap between the diasporans and those back home. So it just became a natural thing. It's just natural. Yeah. I love that. I love that. I, I, because, because one thing a lot of our listeners are, you know, young Africans and they travel yeah. mm-hmm. and yeah. they're, they're really trying to fit in, you know, within whatever that they're doing. And for you yeah. to, to, to be able to discover, or let's just say be comfortable in, at one place and identify that as the place where you should grow continuously. Yeah. That sure. is really what, what makes it um, interesting. And it has, look at you, you're on a career, making your money, yeah. flying all over yeah. the world, pre-COVID-19. Yeah. <laughs> oh and, man, yeah, God is good. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Donnie, I remember because uh, me, myself and Donnie were like going through the questions and uh, one thing that, that Donnie discovered or one thing that we find fa- fascinating because I'll just I'll just explain things here. The the diaspora in, in London is quite resembling to the diaspora in the Netherlands. You know, it just has a few different Caribbean yes. countries that are the major yes. what the major groups. So what happens is there is some type of like. I don't know, division between the Francophone and Anglophone, you know, so even even though we connect together as Africans, you do find, okay, Congolese, maybe together with Angolans, you know, in Rotterdam, for instance, and then you'll find the Ghanaians uh, with the Nigerians in Amsterdam, predominantly, maybe even connecting more to a group of, um, um, we call them Surinamese, but on your end, it's British Guyana, you know? And you seem to like tear down any type of barrier as we know it from our world. How were you able to do that? Like, oh, that is such a beautiful question. I'm so I'm so glad you asked that because um, I don't see barriers because we didn't put these borders that you you know that we we now see as the map of Africa, right? And this yes. was all based on colonialism. This is just a fact. So if we really look at things that we're talking about, the Francophones and Anglophones, the mm-hmm. Anglophones and a lot of those countries, um, they, they they have a different mannerism. The English, the British have a different mannerism to the French. Yeah? The Portuguese have a different mannerism to the Spanish. You know, the Dutch have a different mannerism. So like, when you now look how they've all applied themselves, like the Dutch have applied themselves to South Africa, or the, the right. French have applied themselves to Ivory Coast or Congo, the British have applied themselves to Kenya, uh, to Nigeria and Ghana, you can see the difference. Different mannerism, different vision, different way, way of life, different types of music, 
you know, like, so there's so many things that defers that a lot of uh, things that we talk about are lost in translation. So we right. actually start to believe that we don't understand each other. But there's one thing you can never take away from people, that's the DNA, like their, their core. And the core of all of us literally is the spirit that we have, the spirit of unity. Now we all we all have family units. We all believe in respecting our elders. You know, we all believe in doing it for each other. We all believe in dancing to the beat. Yeah. <laughs> Do you understand? And these are the things. No matter whether you you landed in France or you landed in in Suriname or you landed in in, in Barbados, we yeah. dance to the beat. You can give yeah. me a Caribbean beat right now. I will hit it straight. You can give a Caribbean and African beat. They will because it's in us right so i've always right. realized that so there were certain those fundamentals is that those are the things i go for i go yeah. for teaching one another because my comedy comes from breaking our stereotype teaching people and letting them know that we are the same you understand you guys say plantain we we say planted you know that's what the caribbeans yeah. will say but it's, it's still the same thing the way you have your oxtail we have it say maybe some more salt or less salt maybe a different yeah, exactly. type of sauce, but it's the same thing so I've never seen those barriers. And, I've, and I really have, over the years, because I've grown up with a lot of Caribbeans, um, yeah. I, ha I actually have a couple of Surinamese friends um, as well from, from the Netherlands, you know, mm -hmm. and, I, and I've grown up with Ghanaians and Nigerians and Congolese people. And I've come to realize we are all the same siblings, just, you yeah. know, we're literally the same sibling from the same mother, but we've all gone around the world and those places have now shaped the people that we are, you know? So yeah. I, once you decide not to look at that, believe me, the rest is easy. Like you'll start to apply yourself yeah. in a way that becomes almost fearless, almost very oblivious to the divide. And people catch on to that. That's what brings the love and the unity, for sure. Yeah. Like I believe in that wholeheartedly, wholeheartedly. Yeah. I agree. I agree. I believe that, you know, once you focus on what connects us and you're able to highlight it in so many different ways, um, you could then prove a point, especially to us Africans, since, since we're considered as divided uh, throughout all of these years. Yeah, yeah. We shouldn't believe that. I don't think we should believe um, when people use, because the more people say things, the more we start to believe it. We have to start mm -hmm. creating a new narrative. Mm -hmm. For example, when we talk about aid, giving aid back to Africa, if yeah. you look over the years, the, the notion of aid has been used to continue the propaganda of Africa is at the bottom of the path. Africa yeah. is poor. Yeah. Africa is useless. Without the rest of the world, Africa cannot function. But the truth is, without Africa, the rest of the world cannot function. And a lot of people talk about, you know, just the mineral aspects of things or, or the crop that we grow, like the brains. When we start breaking down the people who are really running the world with their brains, the people that they low-key steal and put in the yeah. laboratories, these are Africa. Just, just yesterday, a Congolese lady like showed innovation on another level. The, right? fashion, the fashion runway thing, on, right? Come on, come on. Yeah. Now, if we didn't have, this is the thing, if we didn't have social media, she would have gone to an office Showed yeah. it to some guy who will now take it on and then show the rest of us. And now we'll think, oh man, this is the, the guy. But that's not that's not mm -hmm. the case. Now we've got our social media. She didn't have to wait for anybody. She did it herself straight to the consumer, straight to her brothers and sisters who are now back to said, look at one of our own. Nobody can come and tell us now that this idea came from anybody else. That's an example of the people mm -hmm. that we are. And we need to start believing that. We need to start applying that and start actually connecting. Like you, you will know about A, I know about B. My brother, you will know about C. We connect our hands together. Man, we've got the alphabet. Why are we, yeah. why, what are we waiting for? What, what are we really waiting for? All right, then I will ask a question. Um, yes, sir. Being that, let's say, um, uh, technology has been, well, 
if not arguably the the only advancement of of life itself and it has provided us with these options or uh, um, it has um, broken down um, certain barriers that um, were used against us in the past do you think or do you hope that now we literally can and have and there's nothing going to hold us um, down uh, into this, you know, revolutionizing our idea and becoming or making Africa um, and Africans become what they should be. Uh, if that's the case, if that's what you believe, then the question will be, what is it that you think is holding us back now? I think um, I take off the word hope. I definitely believe. I know. I don't just think I know because if we talk about hope, we're leaving in someone else's hand. And I, we ain't got time for that. And like the, the truth of the matter is, we have always, we have always been in that position, bro. Like if you think about our forefathers in the uh, Martin Luther Kings and the Marcus Garvey's and the Patrice Lumumba's and the Kwame Nkrumah's, you know, the Sankaras of this world, all these people didn't have the technology that we have now, but we talk about them mm-hmm. now. I think one of the, what's holding us back is the idea that every action we cement right now, we must see the, the, the results straight away. That's a very selfish thinking. We need to plan ahead. The reason why other people, other races are enjoying the power that they have right now is because their forefathers, their great, great, great grandparents actually said, I'm willing to die, but I know that I've done enough for my children. They're my grandchildren, my great grandchildren to then enjoy yeah. the work that I put in. We yeah. have to accept our role as just another building block. We can't lie to ourselves and say we are the entire building. Right. We have to actually plan for our chosen children's children. If we do that, we will always know that everything that we're doing is enough. So yeah. technology is the equipment that we've been given to put our brick up. Our children and their children, the level that they're going to reach, when we're talking about artificial intelligence, that will be their tool. But if we don't do our part and make use of technology now to move the conversation further, to move the belief further, then the next people will crumble down again. And I think yeah. that's our major issue. That's what's holding us back. Aspect. We have to start to understand that what we are doing is enough. It has always been enough. We can look back and know where we're coming from with some of the people that have already set the platform for us. We have to start mm-hmm. building. We cannot think that, oh, there's a hope because it's the power is in our hands. We've done it before. Why can't we do it again? But it, it, it's hard still. It's, it's hard to, um, to see that there has been, um, let's say, uh, any progress since, what, like, for instance, for Ghana. Um, mm-hmm. since we um, attained independence. Yes. Um, honestly, it was this week that I was talking to my father and he was saying that now actually uh, ministers or Ghanaian officials have been looking back at um, Dr. Kwame Nkrumah's plan that he had made for, uh, for buildings and for, um, uh, for yeah. monuments or for the infrastructure in Ghana to be yeah. built. Now they're actually looking back at it and trying to rebuild that. So yeah, meaning like since he was president till now, they have been doing other, other, other things and which which sounds like they've been wasting time in a sense, right? You know, you know what? I I wish I was in that conversation with you and your dad, man, because I want to <laughs> predict something. No, I want to predict something in that conversation. Did he at some point say to you then, your generation are the ones that really need to take it forward. 
was that was that mentioned i told you in that conversation that you guys are in a position to do so much more than we did yeah but every generation is though so because well, no, you also did point. say that they yeah so they where they because i i asked him and he was telling yeah. me that if i was if i had your age right now the things i would mm-hmm. be, um uh, i would be doing and so yeah. i looked at him and i said okay then what were you doing when you were at my age and he was like yeah i already had three kids by then and all these things <laughs> and and still he he did sufficient why because he has given me the chance there he has put go. me in there a position where i can yeah, uplift yeah, my offsprings so right. that yeah, for me was sufficient um but it's still it was still beautiful to see that hey you are in this position now so you can definitely do much more that is what yeah. he was pointing out though so which i was and like I, yeah i, I, I that agree answer. with that i agree with that like you know talking about how the ministers are, and this happens in a lot of countries they're now regretting the work that some of these people who are way ahead of their time that's because we get provided with those leaders we get provided with people who are actually uh, forward thinking right. and but now we're in a position where we couldn't have had this dialogue they your, your, our parents couldn't have had this dialogue back in the day they couldn't have because they just didn't have the technology like you're saying they did, that wasn't their tool but the people the tool that was provided back then those people that made use of it are the people we speak about today that goes to show the impact that they had let's not forget that right. these people weren't in vain they did their part because the conversation that we have now we're able to carry it forth around the world you know yeah. like as a, as as a congolese speaking to a ghanian and we're both we're, we're, we're all diasporans that is advancement because we are in a position where we've come to a world where we can acquire education we can see the world mm-hmm. from a different point of view take those skill sets and take it back home and apply yeah. i'm not saying everybody should go back to africa I, I, i'm never in the notion that everybody's not everybody's built to just pack up yeah. and leave you can do the work for the continent where you are but for those who are able to instead of going back home and saying oh look at the potholes oh man the service is too is too slow a b or c actually look at that as your part to actually fulfill so the skill that you've attained has allowed you to be able to even identify these issues where some people back home they see it as normal so for us we're not in a position as diasporas to really acquire our skill set our children remember for us it was a lot harder to think going back to africa as you know as, as you guys yeah. just mentioned that it was it's only been 10 years 10 to yeah. 12 years our yeah. children yeah. for them it should be normal now when i went to ghana I went to nigeria i'm in congo i'm in uganda i'm seeing 10 15 year old teenagers now coming back regularly you know it's a normal thing to them so now for you to tell them to do things back home you don't have to convince them for our generation we have to get convinced why am i going back to africa for their generation it's a normal thing when yeah. they now have children a lot of children may just be they might be born in africa but have the access to the free world that's the, that's where we're going that's where my 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 actual belief is that we are progressing and moving forward and we're taking control of all of our achievements nobody can lie to us anymore to say that this was done by this person this was done by the other person we can see it for ourselves and that empowers us to be able to encourage ourselves to keep doing more we have more leaders now than we've ever had in the history of of, of our people right now Like yeah. three of them are talking right now. Three of them have got dialogue right now. For you to be able to reach out to me and speak to the people following right now, you're a leader, and that that's the that's the that's the power that we have. Charity begins at home. If we all do our parts, believe me, bro, the next generation will enjoy the fruits of our labor. Yeah, I I, I would definitely say that's a good. It's optimism, and for me, it lifts my spirit. Like for me, I I, I know there are a bit of critical thinkers, especially within this Pan African group of people yeah. that we are in. 
But I do believe that this 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 type of even this time that we're in to independently start a media channel and to start giving out information. The other day, for instance, and I'm just giving a, just a small example, was, was a lady, yeah. half Indian, half Dutch. She and her family decided to return to Ghana and work. And her, on her YouTube channel, she gives all of the information that people, you know, would look for and couldn't find. So everything, finding a school, getting income, such and such. How is it, you know, as it relates to this world that we're in? How is it adapting and everything? I just find this type of self-starting attitude really uh, productive as it changes yeah. the image. It promotes, yeah. you know, uh, uh, tourism. It yeah. attracts, yeah. you know, uh, what what's it called? Ghana and Lagos for a year of return post-COVID-19. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I really yeah, do yeah. see it as, as something positive. And even though Black people have tried so many times, I, I do mm-hmm. feel that it is it is an opportunity for a change, which is like happening right in front of our eyes. Well, for sure. Like, don't, don't get me wrong. I definitely understand there's obstacles. And we, we, we have a certain pattern as a people that yeah. we do have to break down. I understand that. I understand yeah. that there's also difficulties. With, that there's a question of unity which then creates everyone kind of having their own agenda. I get that. But I also believe that we all have different roles. Some people have the role to get the army up, just get up. Like, you know, when you're all running together on a marathon and some people start jumping off, you're kind of like, come on, come on, let's go. That positive thinking goes a long way because we have to look at what will keep us going as well. There are things to do on on both sides, you Mm -hmm. know, to break down um, some of the negativities that we have, but at the same time to also uphold the strengths that we have. Let's really start highlighting our strengths. Like that is just the reality. Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, be a bit controversial here, but I have to for the sake of of um of giving an example, right? One of my friends, uh, a close friend of mine, you know, he's all his girlfriends and his his ex partners and future partners and current partners have all been white, which is not a problem, right? It's not a problem at all. Yeah. I always I asked him. I remember asking, and I said, oh. Um, you know, like it's between friends. It's like, you, you, you love your European women. You love them. You know, like what is it about them that you love so much? His response was, his response was, I find it difficult dealing with our sisters. Yeah. And I said, that's not what I asked you. I asked you to tell me the good things that you see in the people you are with. Don't use that as a reason to now downgrade the people you're not with. Because just because the sisters are not good, that, give me the qualities. And the point I mean by that is that we need to focus on the things that drives us forward. Like, yeah, if right, I'm right. here talking about moving forward, I'm not going to start talking about the negative reasons why. Negative. I'm going to focus on the positive reason why it's going to move forward. If you had said to me, I like this uh, ABC, Amy, Stephanie, and Ashley because Becky. of ABC, and Becky because of the good hair, whatever. Okay, I give right. you that. But you didn't even give me one right. answer to do with the people that you seem to focus on. You're still focusing on right, the people right, that you right. seem to say. Does that make sense? So for me, it's like yeah. if we're going to talk about empowerment, let's really focus on empowerment. And I and I want to reiterate: you can go, you can be with whoever you want to be. That's a that it's a free world. It's a it's a beautiful thing, you know. But the fact of the matter is, we should always focus on the good reasons why we're moving forward, and the negative reasons we can start using that to uplift. Using the good reason to uplift the negative reasons. That's yeah. my core belief. And for me, so far, I've seen changes the people around me, I've seen changes in my career 
in applying myself when people were talking about Africa is not cool too much. You're, you're too African. I was I, I was told this. You talk about African issues too much in a comedy. Why don't you expand? I'm like, well, nobody else is, and that's right. that's open mm-hmm. door for me. I've gone yeah. I've gone to all the major you know stages around the world. I've gone into some doors. And my father, who didn't really believe in my in me doing comedy, he wanted the usual right doctor, lawyer, accountant. Even him, he ended yeah. up by the the, the the prime minister's. Um, you know, num- number 10 down in sheet, and it suddenly said, oh, Eddie, I'm eating crisps at the Prime Minister. <laughs> comedy is good. But you didn't realise it, it was my style of comedy. Not right. just any comedy. Oh, man. It was Africa right. that kicked the door down. You know? Yeah. So, yeah. Man. It, t- it took a bit of uh, convincing power, but uh, he, he he came around. Oh, no, my, yeah, yeah. My dad, my dad got there. My dad got there, oh, yeah. He, he, he was one of those guys, I would say, in, in one of my, uh, my standard material, now, my dad was not convinced uh, to do my show until my mom forced him to come. And he sat there throughout the whole show. He did not laugh once. He was just nodding throughout the whole show. When people were laughing, my dad was nodding. Really? I'm telling you, bro, when the show was done, I went to my dad and said, Dad, did you not enjoy the show? And you know this stubborn African man, he was saying he was eating peanuts. I said, that was fantastic. You are talented. You are so talented. And I said, Dad, but the whole point of comedy is to laugh. He said, hey, no, 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 I couldn't laugh. Your jokes were funny, but I was too busy counting the money. Ten pounds, ten pounds, ten pounds. <laughs> there were 200 people in the building. Times ten, two thousand pounds. Comedy is good. This is great. <laughs> when it he became my accountant, my tour manager. That's all that convinced him when he saw the money. Wow. <laughs> wow. Is, is it, did he really become your accountant and tour manager? Oh, no. Yeah, listen, <laughs> listen. Every African parent is an accountant. Oh, Don't right. Oh, yeah. You know, oh, yeah. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. I do. Even oh, yeah, when you say I'll be promoted, they'll be like, oh, is that good pay? That's the first question. So. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, in the meantime, for uh, for those of you who just tuned in, uh, we are uh, having a good conversation with uh, Eddie Kadi. Uh, talking to us about uniting uh, young Africans, global Africans all over the world. I just want to give a few shout outs. And uh, before we take mm-hmm. on the last few minutes, feel free to drop a question, comment, or you know how you want this conversation to go. I'm so interested in uh, all of the listeners. Richard, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, and Ruth Osei, also thank you for tuning in. AG Green, Uh, I love it because that is a listener who just uh, shared a comment. Let me check out what A.G. Green has been saying. She said, we can achieve all this if we stop old people from ruling us. Looking around Africa, almost all our leaders are above 60 years. Do you think that's a thing as well? That's an issue as well, Eddie? Generation. This is is what I was saying saying earlier. You know, when we talk about our generation, we, we are like... There's more leaders now than there was back in the days. We right. are in the position to, because you can't keep applying the same ideas yeah. and assume that you're going to connect with the generation that's supposed to take us forward. It makes no sense. At yeah. some stage, you've got to really pass on the baton and let the people who understand how the world is currently going to take it on and pass it on in time. Because if you think about it, right, if, you, if you've been holding this bread for 10 years, 15, <laughs> yeah. 20, 35, and you're meant to pass it on to your child, by the time you are 50, you, you, you won't even be able... The bread is old. Exactly. The bread is molding. Your hand is even shaking. You may even drop it. So what are you passing on? You might even pass on just a piece of the bread, and now you failed the mission. You know, yeah. if you pass on while you're energetic and enthusiastic, that's going to happen. But, you know, we, we have an idea of a, a, a crab in a barrel situation where once we get into power, you know, our people are afraid to let go of power. It's almost like there's this notion where 
actually, if I let go of power, I'm back in the, I'm back in the bottom. But actually, the right. real show of power is be able to create new leaders. That's yes. the real show of power. It takes cuts, you know. And I think, to an extent, our generation is almost also afraid to take power. We're not talking about standing up to people and creating crazy protests. We're talking about actually speaking on these subjects, really starting to dialogue, really starting to understand each other as a continent. And Africa is not a country. It's to understand the 54 faces that we possess on our continent and then start to apply ourselves. So for me, of course, like the older people are, the the harder it's going to be for you to pass on to the next generation. So I do agree with that comment. Yeah, definitely. Which also also has to do with the fact that um, you were saying uh, um, it's, we have to accept that we are part of the building and not the building itself. 100%. So leaders in, in, you know, in position of power, um, what has been making them so reluctant or hesitant um, to share their power is the fact that they believe that they are the, the building. entire building. The entire meaning, building. So, yes. But it's because, um, also it's because the institutions that we have running is not, let's say, strong enough um which can be let's say what operated um forgotten, i forgot the word but operated independently like for instance yeah, yeah. when people say um our leaders are too old that is not the um that that's not a problem why the united states of um, america their elections this year i think the youngest president or the youngest candidate is i think 60 years old or 55 so they also have lots of old candidates for, um, let's say, in the in the role of power. However, yeah. the institutions yeah. that they they are running are independent yeah. enough or are big enough to yeah. share the power and also to have positive um, or impact on whatever it is that they're trying to build. So yeah, yeah. I think you know it's it's two things. Not the leaders. It's, it's- the, the leaders are facing a different thing. Yeah, it's definitely the structure. I mean, for me, like you said. The institution, when I, and, and that's the thing, when I'm talking about literally you're too old to even pass on the bread, I literally mean it in the elements of if someone started being a president at 25, you can't be still the president at 50. Do you know what I mean? Some yeah. people have been born in their country, graduated, got married, had children, and it's the same president. <laughs> Some of them have done all that and they've only seen two presidents that have circulated. The one that was president when they were born and then... Mm-hmm. That same president now has taken a maybe a twenty-year gap and has come back as president when they've reached their right. the, the, the marital status. So it is that institution. It, 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 it's, it's also understanding social economic power as a continent, because mm-hmm. the way the world plays it, you know, globally is that if we actually, as a community, understand that we've got to keep the money in our community, we've got to start building for us, yeah. and that really is a diaspora right. conversation. People will have no choice but to play. But they, you know, you know, the other the other communities, they may be a resistance because they're not used to Africa being independent of their own thoughts and their own process and their own activation. But eventually, mm-hmm. if we stick at it, like they will have no choice but to deal with us on a certain level. And that once again becomes about for some of us taking a risk, bringing things back home, start to build and not waiting for other people. Start to look at the I said at the beginning of the conversation in terms of aid. We have to change the narrative of how aid, aid is done in Africa which yeah. is why I'm a part of this initiative in for Africa, because the idea yeah. is to actually have Africans at the forefront of giving relief for Africa. So therefore, people don't start showing Africa to be a place that's just poor, but actually it's a place that, that is full of progress. It's full of people who are on ground, entrepreneurs, business minds, some of the greatest minds uh, on this earth. 
So once we start showing that and start to empower and start to hold a lot of people accountable that are the forefront financially uh, and, and you know economically, we will start to actually progress once again. Maybe for our parents, they've done their part. Maybe even for us, we're coming towards the end of our uh, sort of role. But we've got to start teaching our children. I really believe that. Like our generation is so important. When we start teaching our children this, we can make a yeah. massive difference. And I'm not saying every single child will take that on board or every single person will teach that because everybody's got different ways of thinking. But as yeah. a people, charity right. begins at home, right? So if we start teaching our children a notion of you don't just have to be a politician to change the world, actually. Yeah. You know, you don't have to be a doctor to change the world. Like yeah. you can be, you can be a person who has attained a certain skill set, your gift, and use your purpose. And your yeah. purpose is what you apply your gift to. These are the lessons that we need to teach our children to be proud of understanding that our community is enough. So the money stays more than once, twice, three times, four times, five times. You know, mm -hmm. that's where we. That's my opinion. Absolutely, I, I agree with that so much. And um, I know we're taking some of your time, but I don't want you to leave without just highlighting yeah. in for Africa just a bit more. And what it is, how people can join in that because that's really what I would like to have going. Yeah. yeah. So in for Africa is is um, it's an organization that was set up to deal with the challenges, the many challenges that the continent is facing during this pandemic. So um what I mean by that is a lot of people around the world have been forgotten, right? We have um mm -hmm. I, I, I've checked on all the a lot of the mainstream media. We're not talking about how people back home, the forgotten people, even people in the rural areas were dealing with the lockdown. Those people who literally live from day to day, those people yeah. who couldn't just afford to be in a lockdown where the government is not backing them. There were people who didn't even get access to the information that we have on social media, TVs and radio. And a lot of them didn't have access to lighting, access yeah. to water. They hardly get access to food and water on a daily basis, let alone when the lockdown has happened. And yeah. we realized that actually for us who are in this privileged position, we need to now start connecting and united to become the voice for the voiceless. So Info Africa was an idea that uh, came by connecting uh, influencers from around the world globally who were in for Africa, who were in to be the voice for the voiceless. And the idea was to achieve two right. things, to break down the, the, the issue of misinformation or fake news. A lot of people were passing on information on their WhatsApps and people were you know, all over social media that were not actually real health-wise as well. So people didn't actually know how to deal with this lockdown in terms of social distancing, washing your hands, what coronavirus really was and how we yeah. can actually you know, avoid it. You know? And at the same time, the second thing was to also we were watching that organization were already doing things on ground. Celebrities, normal people, civilians were doing things on ground for their communities, whether it was fundraising, right. whether it was helping the elderly, you know, providing food. So we thought, let us also do our part to fundraise and help these organizations through major organizations that help to impact the continent. So this was all, this was being done by this campaign, campaign over social media, but eventually with the, the amount of influences that we got together, we were doing an entertainment festival, uh, which is called the Info Africa Festival on the 6th of June. We're actually launching a campaign tomorrow on Africa Day. Um, we have the African Union, the African uh, Center for Disease Control, the African CDC, and, um, and of course also working with the World Health Organization on the messaging um, aspect of staying healthy and uh, uh, keeping a, a social distancing that the world is now aware of. So the actual campaign for now is we're, we're doing panel conversation about how diasporans can come together and unify and talking about, because look guys, every day 
the conversation of COVID is changing as people are finding out more and more about what's happening. So we're not talking about how the Francophones, the Anglophones, you know, the Portuguese and the Spanish um, guys across the continent, the Swahilis can all come together in actually addressing the different uh, colors that we have as a continent, the different cultures, and how we can now unite in order to pass on these messages to our people. Because so many people on ground do not have access to this message. So throughout the week on the 25th till the 5th of June, we're doing different conversations on live, um, right. uh, pre-recorded panel conversations, of course, also started to talk about um, the idea of um, donations and building it up until we actually confirm all the organizations that we're working with, one of them being um, uh, the African Union Pact organization that, that actually deals with helping uh, relief on ground across the continent and the Africa CDC that actually targets various regions across the continent to know where money is needed and at what point, right? So then on the 6th of June, will be the actual festival. And during that festival, we're having performance from across the continent. We want to make sure that we, we represent as much of the different regions as possible, as well as, you know, artists will also have poets, poets, but we're also having actors come on board. And also we're, we're speaking to actual uh, medical experts. We're speaking to representatives of the African uh, Union. We're also having DJs that are going to come on to party with us and a few hosts from um, around the world that are going to come together. And all these are Africans who have lent their voices um, to actually help out. So at the moment, our website is infoafrica.org. And we also have our um, Instagram and, and um, Facebook page, which is Get In For Africa. And actually yeah. today, we've launched a challenge for any dancers. So I don't know if any of you guys like to sh uh, shake a leg or two. <laughs> when it comes we all do, we all do. So we've launched a, uh, a campaign with TikTok, where, which is part of the Afro Dance campaign that they're launching for Africa Day. And so we're launching that uh, Info Africa, hashtag Info Africa with, with Afro Dance with TikTok, which basically encourages all influencers to come on and show as many different African dancers that you know. After this conversation, that's exactly what I'm about to go and do. And as a Congolese, we have more than 100. So I'm going to throw that in there uh, as well. So, but the idea really is we're saying that you don't have to be a celebrity to be an influencer. You could be anybody as long as you're able to provide information and to disseminate the idea of fake news and provide the right information. And this campaign is supposed to, um, out, uh, you know, outlive COVID. Yeah. It's supposed to be now as a method that we apply to any situation, whether we're dealing with situations mm -hmm. of education, you know, women's rights, all types of situations that's affecting yeah. um, the, the continent. We can apply this method and, you know, the, the longer we, we, we make it, the bigger it will become. Yeah, absolutely. And you have quite some noted personalities on board, I see. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, we've got some uh, some good people and they, they're coming on board even uh, more. So, of course, Afro B has lent his hand. Our very special Congolese brother, Enos B, is involved. Jibro Cisse, French international footballer, DJ Spinal, uh, Jocelyn Duma, uh, John Dumelo. Um, you know, the, the list goes on and on, man. Some, some amazing, uh, you know, actors, um, uh, for, from the continent, some amazing uh, sportsmen, Yannick Bolassi, and of course, and even more entertainers are coming on board as well. So it's a, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, and That's I love that this, this one is from the from the heart. It's uh, infoafrica.org, right? Yeah, infoafrica.org. Yeah, I love that this is from the heart. I this okay. This is totally random. Before we we close off, I I found a documentary that tracked back on. Uh, how a particular campaign that was quote unquote for Africa some years ago. Do you remember Kony? Yeah. Yes. You remember yes, that I one? Do. And yeah, finding yeah. out what happened after that, the, the answer just was nothing. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
And it just yeah. made me realize that most of the time, the campaign drivers, the movement people and stuff who are not connected, you know, with the people involved, such as we Africans are, you know, it, it just doesn't, it just doesn't last. It's not making any impact. And Big point. It's, it's, it's very disappointing. So I, I am actually, you know, on board to, to share this, you know, all over with our Amsterdam people, people listening all over the world. And I'm sure more are going to hear from it uh, tomorrow. We are the premier group <laughs> that are the first one to uh, to hear about this. So really, Fantastic. Uh, yes. thank you for, sh for sharing this. How can people be involved, get on board? Is it simply thank through you. follow? Is it through the challenge? Is it through subscribing? How does that work? Every single every single thing you've listed. Like, you know, we've all got our different talents, our different gifts, our different ways of contrib uh, contributing. So I'm, I'm glad you mentioned, you know, in terms of the documentary that you watched, one thing that's really important that you have to have like-minded people get involved. Yeah. If you have like-minded people and you look at this as a long-term project, we're not talking about something that we just want to do to tick the box. We are talking about something, like I mentioned, that needs to outlive the, camp, the COVID. Needs to, we need to start doing things for ourselves and continue to apply it and pass it on to the next generation and really start the culture of continuing to the end until we start seeing results. And it may, it's not easy. It's not easy to put people together. It's not easy for people to understand what, it, uh, uh, what is going on. But if it becomes culture, eventually people will latch on. Um, so in order to get involved, first of all, I would say we um, hashtag InfoAfrica is, is the hashtag we're, we're, we're going with. And you can just record a video, literally post on your Instagram to say, I'm InfoAfrica. Send a special message for those people back home. Tag us as well at Get Info Africa on our Instagram pages. And also you can literally, you can literally go on, uh, on our DMs and send us messages on my comedy caddies DM, send us messages on how, whatever way you want to get involved. Another thing we're doing is we're collecting videos and informations and narratives of what people are doing around the world for Africa and COVID-19, whether you're making masks or you're fundraising, whether, you know, like Justin Duma and, and her foundation was going to drop off food and essentials for, for the kids because her foundation focuses on children. You know, all those, and John Dumelo being a farmer and also helping his community. These are all the examples that we're looking for. So if you have examples like that, please do reach out to us and send us these information. We want to be yeah. able to display this on the day. We want to be able to display it throughout the next 10 days as part of the campaign as well. Yeah. So basically it's a collective. It's an alliance. So it's connecting with yes, all it is. the other that people are doing. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. It's an alliance. And there's so many people in the background, you know, like this is, uh, I'm just one of the faces, but they're, they're literally we have, we have Kenyans, Liberians, Nigerians, Senegalese, Congolese people, you know, we have Caribbeans. Everybody's literally joined together and they're all specialists from corporate world communication leaders, PR gurus, social media specialists, you know, like literally uh, evacuators. Um, one of our actual, um, the, one of the, the, the people who's involved with Brenda, she curates the South by Southwest um, African stage um, festival. So, you know, this is someone who's really a specialist in what she does. So there's so many other people in, uh, another one of our of our team members, um, Ama, um, who is like, she's Ghanaian, of course, she, she was raised in Namibia and Zambia. And she's, a, she's, she's like, she wrote the concept of applying the festival idea to execute the campaign. Right. So she's amazing. And there's so many other people in this project. So this is something that is for Africans, by Africans. And we're really trying to push it forward. Yeah, I love that. Uh, in the meantime, shout out to Eben, who says, uh, nice one, bro. Uh, My brother, Eben. I'm in there too. Shout out to Eben for uh, even making Eben, us. And Eben, Eben did what he was supposed to do as an influencer and connected us. 
that's what yeah. we ask, you know, sometimes yeah. in this world. You don't have to do, you know, you don't have to, you know, move mountains, but, you know, you'll push and everybody else starts to move the mountains. So thank you, Evan. God bless. Yeah. And uh, shout out to AG Green, who is uh, looking to contact you or any of your team. How does that work? Yeah. Somebody that wants the contact to get on board? Yeah. So you can literally email I am in at infoafrica.org. I am in at infoafrica.org. Mm-hmm. Or you can e- literally email me, right? You can email me at eddie at eddiecaddy.com. That will come straight to me. Like for everybody I say, if you have, just send me the email. If you send me an email that's irrelevant, you know you're not going to get a response. So that's not a problem. <laughs> I'm happy to give my email address out. Right. Eddie at eddiecaddy.com. Literally, if you, if you, you know, you have some contribution, if not even on my DMs on, on Instagram, Comedy Caddy, you can reach me on there. Our DM are getting for Africa. There is no excuse. There's so many ways you can reach us. You can even leave a yeah. comment <laughs> yeah. on our page as well. So there's so many ways to reach. At least that's what, what we could do. Of course, of course. Absolutely. Before we round it up, Eddie, we, we've talked on so much, you know, your 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 growth, your journey as a, an all-round entertainer, as an African yeah. uh, making change, having a story. Also, you know, in for Africa that is uh, ready for launch tomorrow. What are yeah. what what is the last words that you want to give to a young African living in what New York, London, Amsterdam, yeah. and that really is simply asking, you know what? I might necessarily don't want to return or something, but what can I do, you know, for the continent? Where does it start? Um, Be comfortable with who you are, first of all. That's the very first thing. Look around you. Look at the people who brought you up. Look at the food that you've eaten. Look at the music that you've danced to. You know, look at the person that you are, right? Because our biggest influences have been our parents, our aunties, our uncles, our older siblings, you know, church, weddings. Some people may have had a, 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 a negative influence. But one thing that is for sure is that you can never be a great version of somebody else. You will always be an amazing version of yourself. You don't want to be a diluted version of anything on this earth. Okay, yeah. so my thing is you don't have to go back home. But one thing is for sure is apply the person you are right now and start speaking of the things that matter to you. Represent who you are. Don't yeah. feel afraid just because people don't want, don't want to get involved in the conversation you have a role to represent the person you are and never, ever be afraid. There's nothing wrong with you not going back home. Nobody's going to hold you accountable to that. But home is where you are. I mean, I grew up in the UK. I spent 18 years before I went back to Africa. But home, Congo, was in my parents' house. Congo was in the church I went to. Congo was in the the music I was listening to. So I was already in Congo all that time. So accept the person you are and understand that you are more than enough. You are more than enough because the people that came before you and the people that come after you and the people that are around you now are contributing to the, the movement of this world more than you can ever imagine. So you are enough. You are a king. You are a queen. And I love you, man. Every single person watching right now, I see you as my sibling, man. Let's move forward together. Yeah. On that note, thank you so much, Adikari. Yeah. Thank you. We could have thank you, guys. on and on and in detail about, you know, our leaders. There'll be another time. There'll how another we can time. translate our role as leaders. But um, this, I'll come this, back again. Yeah, you should. This was absolutely a joy to talk to you uh, about everything that is necessary at this time. And uh, we know where to find you. So we're going to climb upon any social media platform and uh, press that follow button. In for Africa is also Mm -hmm. part of uh, spreading the word and all of that. Um, Again, again, thank you so much. Thank you, guys. I really appreciate the both of you. Thank you for making time. Thank you. you. All the best with the launch this week. Take care. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. 
thank you for listening to Africa on Focus. We air live every Sunday on High Radio from 7 p.m. Amsterdam time. Join the Africa on Focus platform on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Africa on Focus or visit www.africaonfocus.com. And follow me on all your social platforms, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Miss Allah. Shout out to High Radio and Q Vibe for the jingle. <laughs>